traveler, you have wandered onto unholy ground. Tread carefully, but move quickly. For when the crow calls thrice, a terrible darkness. Oh, well, that's... That's... that's it. It's Dead Reckoning, episode three. Tonight, we've got power washers. Just power washers. Well, first of all, the first the first thing is not it's not necessarily horror. Good start. However, I was playing a game called Power Wash Simulator, which is, <laughs> as you might suggest, it's you just power wash stuff. It's the greatest game <laughs> in the world. You just get a power washer, and it just gives you like a dirty old car, and you just wash it. And then the but we were playing this game. We were playing this game for. Sometimes hours on on end. It's the new Fishing Planet because during COVID we started playing. During lockdown we started playing Fishing Planet, but we got so obsessed with it that the sun would come up. We'd start playing it at like nine at nine p.m. Go, let's just have a bit of bit of Fishing Planet before bed, and then the sun would come up and we go, oh shit, we've been playing fishing all night. <laughs> we caught like two thousand fish. Like <laughs> we caught too many fish, and then the the new. So we kind of stopped. We stopped playing it, and then we just picked up this new game, Power Wash Simulator. And I get you can just get you can just get so tied up in it that you're doing it for hours. But what made it horror related for me was that everything everything's so filthy in this game because it has to be because that's the game. <laughs> but I was looking at it going. Like, so one of the things is you have to clean a children's play park. But this thing is in it's completely encrusted in lots of different types of like like so not just moss and soil and rust and you're looking at it and going and then one of the houses that we did it was all red like it was red dust all over the whole outside of the house and everything around it and I was like this would make a great horror film the power washer you don't give a shit who's in your way do you because if surely <laughs> if there's some like big event where like dust imagine just he went out in the morning and everything was covered in red it, dust and you couldn't breathe and everyone's dying because they can't breathe because there's dust everywhere it's getting in it's like affecting all equipment and stuff but some you know once everyone once they've worked out that the dust is coming from mars or wherever it is some guy's got to come and clean it all up and everything was just we were we were discussing this like, it was like could be like mars dust because oh could it be blood has there been blood and then in one of the houses so you're just power washing this house and you get text messages while you do it right and one of the houses this this woman was like be careful because there's ancient enochian symbols which is the ancient language of the angels all over this house and we think it's possessed and I'm like, shit, I'm just trying You're to like, be a shit, power washer. I've just pressure washer. washed half of it like, off. I didn't know I was getting into all this shit. And I'm just like, oh, I'll just power wash it off. I'll just get me, me you know, me yellow nozzle on and I'll I'll make short work of that uh, Enochian, Enochian language. But it turned out, uh, it turned out it was, it was just markings from the builders about where the cables were. But uh, for a moment, it was quite horrific. <laughs> I thought it was going to go down this path. Turns out it's not haunted. Don't know why we put that Scaring bit in. Scaring you about it. <laughs> house is haunted because you're just power washing a window 
and it's like, don't forget the house is haunted. Like, oh yeah, is this part of the game or why it, did it go down that path? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I power washed a giant um, house, which is the shape of a boot as well. <laughs> so a big like fairy tale, <laughs> a big fairy tale boot, house shaped house, <laughs> and and there was like a big uh, on the side of it was a big graffiti of a like a, a stick man running away with a load of money. Um, and then the, the text messages kept coming up, like, and if you think that, that we're those burglars that went missing and holed up in the woods, you're wrong. <laughs> I was like, mate, I didn't know anything about that. I'm not getting into it. I'm just here to power wash you out. But it was a giant, <laughs> you're just a contractor. Like, I'm not getting house. involved. I'm just here to do a job. I'm just a contractor. <laughs> but I was like, why can't, why can't I just be left alone to wash this giant boot house rather than be dragged into this? Because now, then I felt I had to call the authorities, you know. And there was just, yeah, just a lot of. Oh, it was the fountain that was covered in in blood as well. Like there was a found a giant fountain covered in like gnomes and and uh, they so all of the like uh, statues, like gargoyles on it, were all gnomes. And the thing was red, and that was blood we were washing off it. It was blood we were washing off it. There's no other way around it. And it was just a very strange. That was like a side mission. Like, do you want to clean this fountain? Like, yeah, yeah, cool. And but it was covered in dried blood, and you had to get all that off. And I just, so it wasn't yeah. technically horror, but thought it was horrific. You go around power washing it, but it's like one of them really high power washes that like cuts <laughs> glass, and it just like goes past like people's arms, and they're just like falling to the floor, like sausage meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I know what you can do, Kirsty, whenever you visit, because I've got a four-wheel drive and a power washer. Well, we've started telling everyone we know that we're play- that we're playing this game in, in the hope of being asked to power wash stuff. <laughs> so my step, our stepdad, Steve, came round, dropped presents off just before Christmas. We we show- I was like, get power washer on when he's here so he can see us power washing stuff. And then he was like, well, if you like power washing, you can come to my house. I was like, yes, it's working. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> we get into power watch things in real life, and then every time we're walking down the street, we'll just, I'll, we'll just, we'll just both be talking, and then we'll catch, we'll both catch each other looking at a roof, and it's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> you both like getting a double decker bus, and you pass a bus stop that's like covered in moss, yeah. and you just like look at each other and just nod. <laughs> Can you get like a, a controller that's just like a hose pipe? <laughs> <laughs> like the Wii fishing games where you can get like the pressure washer attachment for the controller. Hey, Steam I did that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing this week. Power washing stuff, which has possibly been involved in blood rituals. Well, the only other thing, um, we'll watch The Woman in Black again. It's, they, they put it on at Christmas. Is that with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, the song, um, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year has a lyric in it that says there'll be scary ghost stories and there's like ghost stories at Christmas mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah I suppose it's an old Victorian thing and then apparently it goes all the way back to the wild hunt which they used to tell stories about the wild hunt during Yuletide like all Vikings did it and like all mm. the way back in history one of the, the one thing that ties together the winter season is they used to get together and tell ghost stories and it used to always be the wild hunt which was it's, it's when, like, someone, either Odin or whoever's the, you know, the the leader who's knocking about at the time, the god who's knocking about at the time, <laughs> leads this, like, big hunt through the sky, and all the people who are hunting 
are, are like the souls of of the recently deceased. But if you watch it for too long in the sky, your soul might get dragged out to join the wild hunt. And then that that kind of became uh, listening to ghost stories at Christmas. And then the Victorians got well into that because they were obsessed with death, weren't they? And um, so the woman in black is very it's all it's all super super Victorian, like really spooky. And um, and but I'd watched it about three four times, and then we watched it again, and I just got onto it at the end. I was like, because uh, one in black spoilers coming up, by the way, in the film. It's been out a long a long time. It has been out <laughs> yeah. a long time, but you know what? People people will still complain. They'll be like, I've had seventeen years to watch it, and I still haven't, and that's that's your problem. So the the woman in black is a is the ghost of a a, a woman whose child was adopted by her sister, and then they didn't really look after him and he ends up drowned in the uh, the mud that's around the house. They live on this house that you can't get to at high tide and a, a carriage... Yeah, it's like on an island, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so during low tide, there's a path, but at, at about... I thought it was a fire. No, no, no. It's a, it, it, it was a carriage and the carriage went off the road and the two, her sister and it was her sister's husband escaped, but they kind of left the kid in there. <laughs> And they also didn't go and get his body, yeah. which uh, they, they say this so that they didn't bury him. They didn't go and get his body. They just left it in the in the mud down there. But then, like he realizes that what they didn't have uh, in Victorian times was a motor car. So now it's set. It's set in like the I don't know nineteen thirteen or something like that. And so they get a motor car and they pull the carriage out. And they bury the the boy, and he thinks this is gonna solve the ghost because every time someone sees the ghost, a child dies, and that's the curse that she's got going on. Mm. Um, so they think, oh right, this will this will fix it. So they bury the kid, um, but then it doesn't work. And at the end, he's got his little. He thinks it's all fixed anyway. He thinks he's done. He's, he's sorted it. And then he goes to the train station. He's got his his little lads come up to meet him. He's got like a little four year old. And then you just see the little lad sort of wander off and there's a train coming and it's like, oh no, it didn't work, Daniel Radcliffe, it didn't work. And then he gets hit by the train. Yeah. And like they both get hit by the train. But at the end, they're walking towards like the ghost of Daniel Radcliffe's wife and the little boy's mum. And it's like, oh, so she actually did help him in the end. Just not in a in in sort of an evil ghost way. But she still did do him a solid. You know, she still she still was like, <laughs> I've got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I know you miss your wife. <laughs> so I'll kill you and your son. And then you'll all be together. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. This doesn't take a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the first time I actually got that ending, though. Up until that point, I was like, oh, that's horrible. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, she's trying to help him. Just in her own ghostly mental way. Okay, Jed, what have you got for us? Gonna go for a little bit of a true crimey thing that I've been sort of eating up recently. So there's been um, a case that's recently come into the public's attention. Recently, it was released as a Hulu's 2019 drama, um, The App, on HBO. And there was a documentary about it on HBO called "Mommy Dead and Dearest," which is about uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who was like a victim of Munchausen by proxy by a mum. And she, uh, there was a big drama about it on Hulu called The After. I don't know if anyone else has seen it. It's got him, Patricia Arquette, and um, it's the name Joey King of uh, Spartan, like a murder case. No, we were talking about how similar it is to um, the film Run. 
Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 it's pretty much yeah. rip off of that. Well, I think they based a bit of it off that. Yeah. But um, she's just the reason it come reason it's come up recently is because I watched it because she was releasing and um, she was literally just released over Christmas. She's been doing like a social media campaign, you know, to like tell her story and that. But it's one of the most interesting cases I've heard in a long time. But like, it's one of the best things about it is that you know she's obviously overcome it, but it's just. Just there's a tiny little bit of it, like with the way that she's being intera- interacting with the press, where it's uh, she's like very sort of bubbly and 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 great. It's like she's literally talking about her mom being like stabbed like horrifically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not mentally well, is she? You know, <laughs> we can laugh about it now. We can laugh about it now. <laughs> like on the on the view with um, Whoopi Goldberg, like, <laughs> oh, like being kept in a wheelchair. It's like oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast is like, oh my God, let me tell you this story, right? Have you heard this story? You've heard this story, right? Oh my God. So my mom <laughs> told everybody I was disabled and then we murdered her, right? Like it's like everyone's laughing at, oh God, I've heard, th- I've heard this story. Listen, listen, I've heard this story. It's so good. <laughs> I watched the dramas like because it was in the, it was all, it was trending on YouTube for quite a while and then obviously the documentary and then she's doing a social media campaign at the moment, which is really, it's intriguing, but it seems like a little bit off colour. It's like you're on parole <laughs> and you're like yeah. on the view talking about <laughs> Ep confined to a room, multiple frauds. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> You're like eating your eating your cereal, like <laughs> YouTube highlights. It's got like something really horrible on you. It's like what's going on here? <laughs> I also watched. Um, I don't know if anyone else seen the like a prison drama with. Uh, like I'm gonna try and pronounce his name, and I know you can still probably know how to pronounce it. It's like the, so the gay the guy who plays um, Jamie Lannister in um, Game of Thrones is like Nikolai like Costa Waldo or something like that. Nikolai Costawaldo is exactly right, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, he's in this, <laughs> um, he's in this prison drama where he, he called Shot Caller um, from like 2017, where he's like this guy who just goes to, he goes to like a, eat a dinner with friends and he's like a stockbroker and he ends up going to prison for like 15 months or something and it just ends up spiraling out into like a life sentence where the vibe he has to become like, the, the leader is the gangs in prison. He just goes from just like being a normal guy to being just like the hard, the most hardcore, horrible person ever. And what's that called? Called Shot Caller. Then from 2017, it's like he, he he becomes like um, he gets like really buff and he's like in a cage outside doing like doing doing like pull ups on his own and that with ma- with massive big um, tattoos on his back and the handlebar mustache and that. <laughs> Punching guards in the face and that. They need to understand that we run the show. Me and Laura have been watching Game of Thrones in hindsight. Like she watched, <laughs> you start watching it again and you like look at each other and you're just like, yeah, that's the last time Ned and Rob ever saw each other. <laughs> oh, that's the saddest way. One thing you get about Game of Thrones now after I've watched it all the time is, of course, Bran is like the best person to be King of the Seven Kingdoms. He's like a tree god who can like <laughs> travel free <through> time. <laughs> <laughs> like Jon Snow is just like running, running with his sword, being all grumpy. It's like Bran just sits in a wheelchair, can like can control time. <laughs> I do like that. Um, the Sans- Sansa and Bran's uncle tries to have a crack. He's like, I'll do it. And they just look, no, <laughs> you're just a guy. He's like a tree god. He's got an, 
raven that tells him what to do. Like, <laughs> I'll give it a go, though. He's just a kid. We've all got no call like that. <laughs> well, yeah, Game of Thrones in hindsight is definitely a definitely an experience now that it's over. <laughs> Especially when you've seen Jamie Lannister become a brutal gang leader in prison. Perhaps maybe watching uh, something else will probably be a little bit more constructive on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a haunted house or something, Jed, for God's sake. <laughs> To be fair, Jed, I contributed a game where you power wash stuff. So. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to clean up with my week in horror. I want to cram a bunch of stuff in here because I've had quite the week in horror. So after moving to Queensland, I found that there's quite a few nice little horror things up here. So first of all, for Christmas, my wife got me a uh, ghost tour voucher to claim on several different ghost tours across Queensland, which is pretty cool. So I'll probably do a recording and, and go to one of those haunted. There's like a, an old jail and, and stuff like that. So it seems pretty cool. So I'll go and do that. And there's something up here. There's a, there's a Gold Coast institution called Dracula's. And it's basically this giant, like, um, it's like a giant fake castle. <laughs> when you go in, you ride, a, you ride a ghost train to the theater, which is actually quite scary and really well done, like a proper ghost train. Um, and then there's little things like in the toilets, they've got these things behind the mirrors so it looks like faces are coming through from the other side, which is pretty cool. Hopefully that's all they've got behind the mirrors. Um, <laughs> but you go up into these like tiered seats, all the people in there, all the staff, like they're all dressed up and they all like play a part. So they're, they're, they're like quite rude and nasty to everyone, but in a fun sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get all these like, you know, fancy cocktails that come out in like little glass coffins and things like that. And they put on this big cabaret show, um, which is pretty cool. And we know someone who was, um, he's a death metal guitar player in this quite popular band here. And he's now got a full-time gig as the guitar, one of the guitar players there. That sounds cool. So that's pretty cool. And it's, it's, it's a big deal, like billboards, it's at the airport, advertise, there's actual big road signs that just say Dracula's and point down to where the <laughs> castle is. So it's like, it is a proper institution. We went to, trying to find something to do with the kids the other day when it was raining, we went to Ripley's Believe It or Not, which was absolutely awesome. So one of the first thing, so I'll just go through the photos I took. The first one is quail eggs, where it says, shown here are Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra, Boris Karloff as Frankenstein's monster and Jack Nicholson from the movie The Shining painted on fragile quail eggs. Believe it or not. And I'm like, well, I, I do because they're right there. I can see them. It's not even that hard. <laughs> quail eggs yeah. are small, but they're not that small. They're good, they're good pictures and everything, but come on. Um, and then they had all this creepy, like, the weirdest thing there was they had shrunken heads and they were trying to tell you they were real. And I was like, mm, okay. But yeah, shrunken heads, man, they're weird. And it goes through all the... Um, like Fijian Islands where they used to eat people and all the, the cannibalism stuff that was quite creepy. So that was good. Then they had this section about uh, witches and vampires and stuff. And they had Blood the Impaler stood there, uh, model obviously. So they had um, a witch's mace, which is an iron mace with its horned head was used during ceremonies to summon up the most powerful pagan god of all, the horned devil god Pan, who was originally depicted in Greek art as a hairy, lustful creature. <laughs> with a tail and cloven hooves similar to later representations of the biblical devil. So that was pretty cool. Vampire killing cabinets. And I was like, what? Oh, it's not a cabinet that kills vampires. It's a cabinet full of stuff that kills vampires. <laughs> I was like, how'd you get them into the cabinet? 
is it coffin shaped? You have to trick them. Imagine you were a vampire and you went to someone's house and they've got one of them. You're like, fuck it, hell, mate. What's the? <laughs> Didn't know you had one of these. What? A vampire killing cabinet? It's not. I got it from. I got it second hand. It's just a normal cabinet. Can you just get the sugar out of that? It's just in there, and the vampire's like, is it? Oh. <laughs> You got me, you got me. <laughs> Everything the vampire wants is in this cupboard. Have, have you got yeah. any alcohol? Yeah, we've, you know, we've got a beautiful <laughs> aged port. It's in the cabinet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the toilet paper and <laughs> everything else you need. <laughs> I am an immortal, not a savage. <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, wooden stakes, but like quite intricately carved, fancy-looking ones, and this like big uh, mallet, I guess, to drive them home. But it also said silver bullets were were for vampires. They weren't for werewolves at all. And it was saying they used to use them to hunt for vampires. Um, yeah. Vampires hate silver. What do they have? Two, two-headed two baby. Most unbelievable items in his entire collection. What you're looking at is a genuine skeleton of a two-headed baby born in Philadelphia. Um, I also watched a movie called No One Will Save You, which is more of a... It's, like a, it's a sci-fi movie. It's like an alien movie, but it's more like... Um, uh, like Signs, like the way Signs was a horror movie. It was actually really scary in, in quite a few bits. It was a really good movie. Um, there's some silly bits in it, like it's supposed to be a little bit of a comedy, but um, yeah, there were some really scary bits and that was pretty cool, like Alien Invasion uh, movie. And then I watched, and Cass just sent me, my wife just sent me this thing, um, top 10 hor- highest rated horror movies, which is from Letterboxd. Uh, 2023 year in view, highest rated horror. So I've seen Talk to Me, which is at number one, which is good because I think on Rotten Tomatoes, When Evil Lurks, which is a, I think it's a Spanish, no, I think it's Argentinian. It's an Argentinian movie. Um, that knocked it off the top spot. So I watched where, um, where Evil, or When Evil Lurks, I've written Where, When and Where Evil Lurks. And I didn't really rate it at all. I didn't think it was that good at all. I think it's just one of those rotten tomatoes, knee jerk. Oh, this is a foreign movie. You better better give it a hundred percent. We don't seem don't look like idiots, basically. Um, <laughs> but that's at number two, which is good. It, but the thing I like about when evil lurks is they've got to do this thing at the end to stop the monsters or whatever. And he just basically screws it all up and just smashes shit because he just loses. <laughs> he just loses it at the end. And it's just like fuck this. And I was like, wow, that's that's a hundred percent how I that's why I would never want to be in this scenario, right? Because it'd be like, oh, you've got to get to this place before uh, the full moon and before midnight, and you've got to uh, recant this thing, and this person's got to be there, and then you've got to pour this into the jar. This guy turns up like forty minutes late, uh, fails to protect this woman, and just leaves a room when she's shouting for him not to, and she gets killed and trekked off. And then he just comes in and he's like finds this stuff, this this like um a special apparatus that's been used throughout the centuries or whatever to, to fight this demon or this monster or whatever. And he just finds it all on the floor, doesn't know what to do with it. So then he just uses it to like smash the head in of this monster, <laughs> which they don't want to kill because then the, the actual like demon comes out. It's like in this host. And he's just, just like, at the end, he's just like, oh, fuck it. He just grabs this thing off the floor and just bashing shit with it. And then he obviously he fails <laughs> and like the demon walks out to like, you know, start the end of the world and i'm like wow that's i love that bit because that's exactly what i would do <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me i just completely screw it up at the end i'd be late i dropped the thing that we were supposed to take with us it smashed <laughs> so i like that bit of it but uh yeah did you read the instructions 
No, it's fine. I got the gist of it. No, but did you read the actual instructions, though? Yeah, I read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need this thing. I've seen something like this before. How could you have? I read them. I got the gist. I've done this before. I think this I've goes in films. there. Oh, no, it's broke. <laughs> So this is uh, part one in a series that I've uh, devised. I'm going to be taking a trip through different parts of the 90s. Uh, this this week we have 1983, 1984, and 1995. 1993 starts with Freaked, which is directed by Alex Winter of the uh, Bill and Ted fame. Ooh. It was based on a um, sketch that he had for a short-lived comedy sketch show on MTV called The Idiot Box. And it's just a bunch of people who are traveling across America and they end up getting turned into sideshow um, attractions. It's um, Mr. T is a bearded lady, like two of his mates get like fused together. <laughs> and Alex Winters got like growths coming out of his face <laughs> and one half of his face is melted and he's green. He's got like a, he looks like half a character out of a guar stage show. But he directed it as well. And it, it's very much of that early 90s MTV sort of dude attitude type thing. And another point of it is that he directed it and it's, he's not credited in the film, but one of the characters is just a guy in a suit of uh, looking like a wolf who, who runs around. And it was Keanu Reeves as the <laughs> dog boy. And Alex Winter <laughs> just got him to be in it. And not be credited, and he just runs around in the dog costume <laughs> <laughs> for the whole film. It's Keanu Reeves doing him a favor and that. I'm looking at the photos, and it's very like spitting image looking things. And there's this one guy who's just like a giant nose. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Brooke Shields is the um, is the odd one out in this film. <laughs> She's, she seems to be the person who's like got a career a little bit. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> Was this before or after he was in Bill and Ted? I think it was just after. After, because the first Bill and Ted was like 89. 88, yeah, right. 89. So he's, he thought, I've got my foot in the door now. I'm going to slip this script that I wrote under the pillow of this director, this producer. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a low-budget horror featuring the band Butthole Surfers. Right. <laughs> That's what it was made to be. And then it just went through a load of rewrite. And um, it was picked up. I don't know why. <laughs> so Fox picked it up. This is not what we ordered. <laughs> and then it had. So, it, it, they they kept. They sort of kept changing it. It got pulled. And it says it says it was pulled from a wide distribution, except for Australia and Japan, who presumably ate this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes. <laughs> it played on two screens in the United States. <laughs> to give to give you an idea of the caliber of the film, the guy who turns them into slideshow freaks is played by Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Randy Quaid in a lab coat. Bobcat Goldthwaite's in it. I mean, that's like there's a, there's, a, there's a famous picture of it, and one of the things he wants to do for his attraction is the freaky milkman bush. He's <laughs> <laughs> like half, half muted, half milkman. <laughs> That was the uh, that was freaked by Alex Winter from nineteen ninety three. I'm gonna try and get over this one as fast as possible because it's a bit of a 
it's like softcore um, exploitation movie, which is uh, the 1994 movie Wool with um, Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, and Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson gets bitten by a werewolf, and he slowly starts to become just like a sinister geezer. <laughs> All he's doing is like stroking his sideburns in the in like the doorway, <laughs> growling at her, and not. It's just. It, it it just beggars belief. Just like there's there's more than one film where Jan Nicholson just plays like a, a CD geezer who just stalks around a mansion, stroking his sniper. <laughs> <laughs> but Michelle Pfeiffer as well. It's it it's kind of the a follow on from the way that they were together in Witches of Eastwick. It's like it, it's hard to watch now because it just kind of like gets a bit much sometimes. Where he's like talking around, like the the vibe of the film has got like a sort of glossy, like weird sheen to it that just makes it feel a bit un- like it's a bit like a it's kind of dirtyish, you know what I mean? You know, you're watching it and there's like a sheen over it where they have scenes of the cars are going down the road and it's just like it's like slow jazz, <laughs> like a digital sax, <laughs> midi sax. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it kind of it, it kind of got the same budget as it was a Channel Five program where they did for some reason. I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but he did a spin-off of Poltergeist as a TV series. But they were, but it was during the time of the X Files, so they were. <laughs> it was like Poltergeist, the new, the new era or something. Channel Five erotic, even <laughs> TV. <laughs> Um, if you if you if you want to know what type of vibe that that sort of drama has, it's exactly the same as 1994's Wolf with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> a very, it's 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 Jack Nicholson is just a steady werewolf, but he's mostly just stroking his sideburns, trying to get into Melshell Pfeiffer. I just remember going into that Van Helsing. Do you remember the Hugh Jackman film Van Helsing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You, you go into it and he's, he's a bit of a vampire hunter and that and then within the last like 10 minutes of the film it becomes a freeway battle between a giant bat just like I don't even know what <laughs> Hugh Jackman turned into it's like a massive big geezer and then Frankenstein's there as well and he's got like a dynamo in his head <laughs> and the mummy turns up room for one more <laughs> <laughs> He goes, don't forget me and me from uh, Jekyll and Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way League's Extraordinary Gentleman should have been. That whole film is just a giant bird on fire. <laughs> For people listening in England, it's like something they put on ITV3 in the middle of the day on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many ad breaks. You're like, is this still on? This has been on for how long? <laughs> an ad break every 12 minutes and you get to the point where you you're so annoyed that you're timing the amount of movie that you get to watch <laughs> against how long the ad break was <laughs> like you got to tell someone about it i just want to watch hotel for dogs it's a difficult enough plot as it is without these constant interruptions the adverts aren't even dog related <laughs> there's actually a horrible advert on at the moment which is um it's like i can't remember the name of the company but basically it's like you die, they go and get you, cremate you, and then just, like, leave you at your mate's house. <laughs> there's no funeral, there's no nothing. It's called something like just cremation. And it, it kind of, it, it's got this old lady, she's like, oh, I don't want too much of a fuss. 
like, trim the fat from your funeral. Yeah, I can imagine like some kid who like they're thinking, "Oh man, she she hasn't got much money. If she leaves me ten grand, seven of that's gonna go on a funeral." Have you seen this advert, Mum? Look at this. <laughs> She's like, I want to leave more for my children. And it is, they've literally got, they'll pick you up from the morgue like a pet. You know, like when, when, we, when our, our dog was cremated, they just like send you a bag with a dog in it. <laughs> That's what they do that, but like for your nana. <laughs> and I just thought, oh. It'll be a drown delivery. <laughs> Imagine, imagine you're like, you have a little note through the door and it's like, we've left your parcel. You weren't in, we left your parcel at number 12. It's like, that's my grandma. Guarded. <laughs> I have to knock on that. You have to do that small talk that I always have to do because I work at like, and that small talk, oh, anything nice? It's actually my grandmother. <laughs> they were not supposed to leave it with a neighbour. I specifically said, do not leave it with a neighbour. <laughs> or you can now pick up parcels from the co-op at the end of the street. You can get your Amazon parcel yeah. sent to the co-op and just go and pick it up. I'd love to just like, have a little card. We delivered this to your local co-op. It's like, oh, that is so convenient. Thank you, Nana. Because they always ask, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So they know what size package to look for. It, uh, it, um, it's like, a, like an urn. Like, imagine, yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> it's a human body, but it's now this big. <laughs> trying not to use the word urn or body. And you're like, it's imagine a vase, <laughs> a mid-size vase. With a lid, that kind of weight to it, sort of. Yes, it's going to be a big, a large box, a large box, yeah. I want to be just, like, capped. It's like in a, in a um, it, 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 I want to be, like, capped in a, in a full-size bat of furled hide, just, just, like, bloating. <laughs> With a strategically placed sticker over your... They don't, they don't have to keep it on show all the time. You can put a drape over it or something. I love like I love like an ornate velvet trick. When would they put it on show? <laughs> Do like parties? They can... they'll, they'll whip the cover off. Special occasions, obviously. It's the man of the hour. They, they could decorate it like they could have an Easter, like an Easter sort of theme, and then they could take that down and have the Christmas thing round it. Be <laughs> like nice. Snow, like tinsel and snow spray on the cloth. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas cloth. <laughs> <laughs> like flashing lights. <laughs> Go and peel the Christmas stickers off your Uncle Jed. That can be your job. <laughs> That'd be like the punishment for the kids. Do you want to go and clean the jar? No. <laughs> then eat your teeth. <laughs> eat those teeth. <laughs> there was like a wallpaper scraper and a spray bottle. Should I get this? Should I get the glue up? Like... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I think I'll stick with being in a cardboard tube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, get delivered I'll in a take, cardboard I'll tube. I'll take the ash delivery, please. Yeah, so the third film is um, is a 1995's Hideaway with uh, Jeff Goldblum. It's basically like a poor man's flatliners, but he, he gets that he can see through the eyes of like a serial killer after he's um, died. Because the guy's being the serial killer dies at the same time. Does he get the serial killer's eyes? Kind of, but he, he can he can sort of the whole there's this whole thing where it's from basically they they die at the same time, and it has this massive big surreal like tool esque near death experience imagery where he's like flowing through a tunnel, and the guy's being like dragged away by like 
by like ghosts and stuff. But when they both wake up, their minds are sort of linked together, and it's obviously like a murder, like a murder mystery type type situation. I was a Dean Koontz book. Yeah, it's directed by Brett Leonard as well, so it's in the vein of that nineties cyber crime type thing because he directed the Lawnmower Man. Um, and also Virtuosity, which is an absolute trash movie with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, <laughs> where, where Russell Crowe is the composite of different serial killers. So it's like part of police VR training, but he ends up escaping out of the VR world by 3D printing himself. <laughs> I'm just reading here it, on um, IMDb, and it says, Dean Koontz was so disappointed by this adaptation of his novel that he pleaded with the studio to remove his name from the opening credits. If that was Stephen King, he'd be like rubbing his hands together. This is a beauty. <laughs> More money for me. <laughs> what was that one we watched, Kirsty? Sorry, the um, Stephen King one with the bat. The graveyard shift. In that, like, oh, um, the gravy. <laughs> yeah, the graveyard shift was the anthology. Wow. And it was the bat, yeah, the weird bat thing. Do you remember it had In that weird like rap thing? at the end of it? And it was, yeah. they were just, they had the over the end credits, they'd like done this weird sort of dancey hip hop cre- end credits music <laughs> where it's just the guy going, the graveyard shift, the g- g- graveyard yeah. shift. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like, it so as if we weren't disappointed enough with what we've just watched, we now have to deal with the end credits music as well. The best thing you can do with this movie, sorry, Jed, is if you go onto the IMDb page for it and scroll down to quotes, there's this like really, really boring exchange between <laughs> between him and a character named Regina and then Regina's friends like, let's just go, he's weird. <laughs> and it's just like, my name's Fasago. That's different, different. I'm Regina. I know. You know? I know. Yes, Regina. And it's just that <laughs> for like two paragraphs. <laughs> At least it's got an abandoned amusement park in it. That's quite good. Does it? Yes, that's where the that's where the uh, serial killer takes his daughter to an abandoned amusement park where he's been building a monument to hell. Takes his like his own daughter or the no Jeff t- Goldblum's takes, daughter. Takes a uh, Jeff Goldblum's <laughs> daughter. It was Alicia Silverstone, I think. <laughs> It's not just he takes his daughter to an amusement park. That's nice. <laughs> anyway, I've got, to, I've got to go off killing now. So That's a nice part of it. <laughs> Let's get you back. <laughs> the, the, the quote that Paul gave could have been used in half a dozen Jeff Goldblum films. <laughs> just people, people who meet him in like social situations, trying to have a conversation, and then they have to look at each other and go, no, we're going to have to leave. This guy's a bit weird. <laughs> But Hideaway from 1995 is definitely one of them films where Jeff Goldblum is a weird geezer. <laughs> it's the toys. Demonic toys. Playtime has begun. So does anyone remember the um, McFarlane toys? Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to him on the phone. Oh, really? Tell us that story. That's going to be more interesting than what I've got to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that actually wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> when I was doing my dissertation, which was on Fight Club, they were they were talking about bringing out a Tyler Durden, uh, McFarlane figure, and I was my my dissertation was about how you market a film with a anti corporate message, basically. Yeah. And so I I just contacted McFarlane boys and all. I just got like I this was in the days when you could pr- just get people's email addresses. <laughs> 
because people had kind of not twigged that you could hide them or filter them through people and secretaries like so I just emailed and I was like hello would you be willing to talk to me about the, the this line of toys because it's like it's toys but it's not really marketable films is not a merchandise and he was he just kind of emailed me like yeah I'll call you and he just called called me one day and it was like quite late at night for him and just asked a load of questions I answered a load of questions we're talking for about 30 minutes wow and uh yeah good yeah (laughs) I did not expect that (laughs) I also wrote to Brad Pitt asking some questions about Fight Club and um I got back a signed photo I got a signed photo of him. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but literally nothing else. I was like, oh, th- thanks, Brad. <laughs> so just looking at these um, McFarlane toys, I remember. So you got a really good figure that was clearly for adults, not children. And then you got this like um, plastic, like bone sort of like Geiger-esque frame with the movie poster in to put behind it. And he did um, Jason Voorhees... Um, Eric Draven, I guess. Michael Myers. There's heaps of them. They're like a big deal collectible thing. Mm. And then all I've seen since then from him is just like hockey figures, like hockey players. There was a whole tie-in series where it was, it wasn't like lesser known ones, but it was supposed to be in the same universe as Clive Barker's um, Hellraiser Cenobites. It was Clive Barker's Tortured Souls. Oh, yeah. And um, Todd McFarlane. And um, Clive Barker collaborated to make different releases of different characters. The way that the hold uh, you display the figure as well, if it's out of the packaging, some of them some of them hang from from bits. There's one of the characters is like splayed up in the air, and he's got chains that like hold onto his hand and he's like hovering above the ground. So cool. The miniature detail on him is though. So- yeah. Yeah, the details are made. They must still be doing them because there's a, a Nicolas Cage from Mandy action figure as well that he's just done. Oh, and the best thing I've seen, he's done the, um, he does the Simpsons Halloween ones as well. And he's done one, The Island of Dr. Hibbert, you know, where they're all the animals. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So, Jed, you were saying that you had the, because um, the, the, the other one I was talking about was the, um, the Aliens ones. And they did... Um, heap of aliens so they were Kenner aliens toys but they did all different types of aliens obviously because they've got to like they've got to produce a lot of different toys to make it worthwhile to sell them and they did they did a, a gorilla alien scorpion they're all based on animals scorpion alien bull alien rhino alien panther alien snake alien mantis alien and then killer crab alien because crab wasn't good enough it's a crab right it's a killer crab alien <laughs> and then the flying queen and then they did, which had the wings. And then they did um, a few of the figures and like the power loaders and, and stuff like that. And um, then I think it was one of the PC games of Alien versus Predator. You can play as the alien and you start the level as an egg and you burst out as like a face hogger. You've got to find a random human and then you attach to their face and then burst out as a thing and then it waits for about like 30 in game seconds and you turn into an alien. You've got to go through the life cycle before you can... But yeah, you could play as the alien, which was great. If you played as anything else, within 30 seconds of playing the game, you just saw this alien hand come out, and then that was it. You were dead. So that was clearly the one to go for. If you were the the alien, playing the alien was basically like a cheat. I did play... I don't really play computer games or anything like that. 
I think I've still got like an Xbox 360 somewhere. And um, I remember playing, I got, um, and the only reason I think I got that and got it all set up and everything was because of Alien Isolation came out. The game looked really good. Um, so I did that and had yeah. like a, a projector from work. So I did like big screen. I was playing the um, Alien Isolation. Man, that was a good game. It's really scary because you can't, you can't kill the alien. Like you can fire all your guns at it, but you just, if it sees you or hears you, you're done. And you're like running, like the alien's chasing you and you're trying to like hide in a locker or something and hope it's, and you're looking through and hoping it doesn't see you. It's really good. It's really scary, anxiety inducing game. Alien Isolation is um, part of the inspiration behind the new Alien film that's supposed to be coming out. You haven't said it's oh, yeah. basically a sequel yet, but apparently the new one, Alien Romulus, Romulus. which comes out in comes out in August this year and that is supposed to be that between Alien and Aliens and there's a um, rumour that it's literally going to be a adaptation of Alien Isolation because the woman who's on the space station the type of the alien is supposed to be Ripley's daughter isn't it? Yes, yeah that's right Yeah, some of the set look like phones because to save the game you have to have the phone don't you? Yeah, on yeah, a wall. Right. you have to find one of those like stations they're showing phone booths and it had the same sort of thing if you're talking about um, intensely uh, foreboding video games, I've got a PlayStation VR, and one of the worst experiences to have online for a horror game is um, you can play um, Resident Evil Biohazard. I think it's Resident Evil 7. You can play it in full VR, oh, wow. where you like literally walk. Yeah, you're walking through the mansion. Just, um, just the load. The loading screen itself is. You like sat in the middle of a warehouse, and it's just a like an infinite warehouse where there's the ceilings, like the ceilings got these chains that are just like shaking in the like the breeze that's in the room. And when you go into the game, you've got to like you go obviously play the game normally, or you have a full 360 range of uh of visuals that you can look behind yourself and up and down, and it also in the mode the save window just comes up with a desk in the middle of this room where there's a tape recorder like right in front of you and every every so often when you turn around the, the, the like the grandma in the wheelchair is looking at the end of the hallway towards you and she's like, <laughs> no amount of money can keep that from me playstation vr hey resident evil um, biohazard on vr is a, is an experience they recently launched some dlc for village as well which is in the same vein but it's not something to play twice. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's funny at the end of even at the end of like Aliens Isolation, I was like, I wasn't like, oh, that was fun. I'll play that again. I was like, oh god, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Needful Things. On Etsy, I saw there was this. Um, it's like a VHS tape lamp, so it's like the 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 box and then the VHS tape on top with a, a light behind it it's like a red or green or whatever and um they do they do a heap of they do, unfortunately they do like loads of different movies but um the one i saw was a thing so it's like the original thing i don't know if it was the actual tape i presume so um but then it's got like lights behind it so it's like a lamp of a vhs tape i thought it was pretty cool because i'm old um <laughs> and a ghostbusters um working ghost trap but it's like um, you get a sticker book with it. And when you say working, it doesn't catch ghosts. <laughs> it's not, not guaranteed. It's got a slimer in there. It's got a light in it and it does the sounds as well. All oh, right. Um, 
And the other thing that I've seen that's amazing is I was looking for like sound clips for, for doing this. And there's this, um, so there's a composer, Mark Corvin, who did um, The Witch, uh, The Lighthouse, Black Phone. And he he teamed up with, because uh, uh, he's, he's Canadian, so he teamed up with another Canadian who's a guitar maker named uh, Tony Duggan-Smith, who builds guitars. And he's made this instrument that's either called, depending on who, you know, where you um, look, it's either called the Nightmare Machine or the Apprehension Engine. And they've made this machine that basically does horror, like background music and effects, like ASMR sort of stuff. And it's got, it's got like different lengths of metal ruler on it that you'd like, you know, twang. And then it's got loads of different strings and it's got, you use like an Ebo with it and stuff like that. And there's, if you look there's I think there's a documentary, um, but if you just, if you just Google it, either the nightmare machine or the apprehension engine, there's videos of him using it and playing it. It's absolutely incredible. And it's just, it literally just does all of that, like eerie, creepy music. And you know, like the string scrapes when something horrible happens in a movie, it's just that it's built for that purpose. I thought that was amazing. And I'm obviously, obviously going to build a much, much bigger one for my own amusement. <laughs> and it will probably feature heavily in this. Yeah. Once I build this machine, this podcast is going to be unlistenable because it's just going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> this machine's going to play under everything. Every word anyone said, it'd be like, <laughs> until finally I just stop calling you guys and it's just an hour's worth of me messing with this machine. <laughs> Just sitting in the garage on your own with the ominous piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be like a horror movie in itself where I'll just not come out of the garage ever and I'll just be with the machine all the time and start getting really weird and creepy. <laughs> and then in the end, someone has to come in and I'm like, I'm like murdering people to defend it and someone's going to come in and like smash the machine to free me from it. Whenever they do, whenever they do open the door, it's just an uncommonly amount of dry ice comes out of <laughs> But only like ankle height on the floor. <laughs> At the start of it, Kath will be like, is that another box from Amazon for you? <laughs> Getting concerned. <laughs> Get away from it. <laughs> Jed, what are your things that you've got? You said you've got something really good. Well, it's just one It's just one thing, um, really. Where I think it's good enough to... Yeah, you built it up a lot. I was looking at... Um, inappropriate Christmas sweaters because for anyone listening at home we've recorded this not long after Christmas I was looking for inappropriate Christmas jumpers and I found <laughs> this one from uh, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre but it, it lights up it's got like baubles on it and it lights up with with light <laughs> it's got like black baubles on it and it says put on a happy face this Christmas and it's got a picture of Leatherface in the middle <laughs> Which is by Spirit Halloween in America. Like, and it, 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 it's part of the American stores. So I think this retails in Texas. Texas Spirit Halloween has got picture of a murderer that someone's <laughs> deafened face on the thing. Light up Christmas jumper. I'm looking at it now. It's amazing. <laughs> Put on a happy face. I like the I like the little bubbles it's got on it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, perhaps don't turn up at the uh, office party if you're going to be wearing a Christmas jumper with a cannibalistic serial killer on it. <laughs> Even somebody wears it if they work at like a video game store. <laughs> I can wear what I want, Randy. <laughs> oh, well done, Jed. All right, Kirsty. 
I've got I've got one and a bonus one. So I I was <laughs> I don't normally find uh candles with 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 like sort of funny phrases on them that's amusing. However, <laughs> I was just on I was just on Sheen and they have a candle, a jar candle, and it says, Our friendship is like this candle. If you forget me, I'll burn your fucking house down. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that level of dark That's humor very from a website where you buy cheap cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> seven pounds on Sheen. And um, and my other favorite, my other favorite thing, I'll just stick it in the in the chat now. Is um, we were talking about my pet monster. Yeah. And they make a dog toy of my pet monster. Oh. And I found it in B&M, and it was very strange because we'd just been talking about My Pet Monster. I had not, at that point, thought about My Pet Monster for a long time. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm walking around, and it's like, oh, it's a dog toy of My Pet Monster. And the good thing about it is that it's it's like it's quite big. It's a, it's about eight eight nine inches tall, and you could you don't even have to be a dog. You could just have it yourself. <laughs> you don't even have to be a dog. You to don't enjoy even have to be toys. a dog. To enjoy this dog toy, you can just have it if you want. <laughs> Someone's looking at it like, "Oh, it's for dogs." <laughs> it's like it's, it's like in the Simpsons where he buys he buys Maggie a, a toy. He's like, she, "It says it's for dogs, but she can't read." You could just <laughs> then you could just have this and and like you don't. It, it doesn't really. It's it's not a great uh, approximation of my pet monster, and it doesn't have shackles on it or anything. Um, and it's probably going to last about 12 minutes with a dog. It's got a squeaker in it. But I just, I was just like, it's back in dog toy form, my pet monster. Eight pounds at B&M. Eight pounds? My pet monster dog toy. All for you. All for, well, it'll, that'll come down in price, that. I will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as it comes down to four pounds, that's going to be mine. That's my limit. It's because it's a dog toy. That's why it's eight pounds. If it was for kids, it'd be like two pounds. <laughs> or not to... Um... Not to be this guy, but Kirsty, did you happen to receive a canvas tote bag for Christmas that's horror related? So I, I I have this wonderful um, horror themed tote bag. I'm just trying to work out. I've still not managed to work out what everything is yet um, that it references. Yeah, I was just looking at it and I can't work out some of them. So Gage Creed, obviously, is a little and there's a black cat. That's from Pet Cemetery. It's not so readable sometimes. Mm. There's the SS, there's a little, there's the little, uh, the balloon from it, and there's the, the, the boat. boat. There's a top hat, which I don't know what that is. Uh, there's a, something that says 1963 on it. I don't know what that is. So I'm just going to. Um, there's also a can opener. So <laughs> I think they're just filling gaps. <laughs> I've, and the, there's the axe from Misery, and there's the typewriter from. The shining. What's the record? Baby, can you dig your man? I don't know. I'm gonna this is what I, I wanna kind of sit down and Google all these references and see what it there's the yeah, there's there's some that are very obvious. And then I, there's others that I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like I, I don't know what this K is that's on it. Because I was like, Oh, that's that's me. Hey. Oh, that weird symbol. It's like a K with a line through it, and I don't know what that is either. And yeah. there's a few that I'm just not sure. But that's the fun of it, isn't it? You can just Look at it and go. What does this mean? We'll find out. Yeah, it's like a K and an A together. Yeah, and there's a book. 
some weird little the blue pagan symbol y thing. Is it Mary's the one's or is it Misery's child it says on it? I don't know. I, I can't I, like there's some of them that are not uh I just can't, I just don't know. On the next episode I will go through every single reference I can find to tell you what it is. Oh cool. Okay, we done? See you soon guys. Bye. Uh, uh what? Kersey? You still there? Kirsty's gone to power wash something outside. We can't she can't wait any longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's just her audio's just dropped off or she's been kicked off. Let me just Oh no, there she goes.